Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. and welcome to Blooming Out on WFHB. I am associate producer and board engineer, Sarah Hetrick. On tonight's show, we will once again highlight this weekend's festivities of the Bloomington Pride Film Festival with Pride member Janae Cummings, introduce you to the newest member of Blooming Out, our news director, Noelle Phillips, have our weekly music selections and Noelle's first news segment, as well as your weekly LGBTQ plus area event calendar. But first, let's return to the interview we taped last week with anchor Jeff Poling, Colin, and Grace Thumser as they interviewed Janae Cummings, Janae Cummings during last week's show, just to highlight and reiterate the importance of the Bloomington Pride Film Festival coming up this evening. Now, I, I know um, that uh, the, the films that are selected for Bloomington Pride for the, 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 uh, the Pride Fest um, cover a huge range of, of topics and really is just a, a rainbow, you know, tapestry in itself, right? It's very beautiful. as a lovely way to put it. <laughs> well, um, there, are the, the twenty-two films. I mean, um, we have it ranges from uh, lesbian comedy drama, or excuse me, a lesbian comedy called Women Who Kill, which is about uh, uh, a woman who gets together with her best friend and suspects that her new girlfriend might be a serial killer. Um, we have a trio of of uh, pretty powerful dramas um, about fledging relationships, not necessarily coming out stories, because I think we've all seen enough of those. <laughs> but, um, you know, what happens when you, maybe a woman falls in love with another woman and the impact that has on her life, particularly when she hasn't, uh, she hasn't been in a same-sex relationship before, or um, people growing up in the Midwest and, and following a man falls in love with another man and, and how that can impact their lives, especially in a place like this and what that story is about. And we have um, some really great documentaries, um, one in particular called The Same Day difference that um, explores some of the, I guess, homonormativity, um, particularly with black women um, and in regard to bisexuality or being a lesbian, like you're, you're one or the other and this kind of mindset that you can't really be bisexual, that doesn't exist. And maybe you need to reevaluate that, you know. And so examining those dynamics and maybe why that happens. Um, we have a few great transgender films, one in particular, a documentary called The Real Boy, or excuse me, just Real Boy, which follows a young transgender man and just discovering himself and who he is and, and that kind of thing. So... So I understand that there are some, uh, and I, I've always been so impressed by the filmmakers, by the the um, the quality of um, of the work that is presented uh, for the Bloomington uh, Pride Film Fest. Uh, so I understand there are some returning filmmakers. Is is, is that? Right? Uh, yes, I believe so. I, I don't really have an educated ones. line on that one. But uh, yes, there are. We um, generally have a large range of newcoming filmmakers and also a, a large range of international filmmakers. Many of our short films um, come from England and Brazil mm -hmm. and Spain and in a, a wide range of places. Because every, I mean, you know, every country is dealing with different 
um, issues and they are at different levels of equality, yes. right? Yes. So how interesting to, to well, I mean, yeah, you know, filmmakers speak from their own experiences and from right. their own backgrounds. So right. um, I think that really adds to the diversity of the film that you'll see. Now, for someone who has never been to Bloomington Pride Film Fest, which I can't imagine there are very many people, right? But uh, I think we have two sitting at this table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being facetious. Right. I know. But so anyway, it is, I cannot recommend it enough. It is It's just one of the most fabulous prideful community pride events you know um, just the lgbtq plus um uh, topics aside i mean just the pride here in in bloomington and that this is presented at the buskirk chumley theater and so would you I explain just kind of for those of us who are not familiar with the actual you know, schedule or what's available when it all happens. Sure. Um, first, I'd like to say, unlike a lot of other film festivals, particularly queer film festivals, our screenings aren't divided such as, you know, this is the gay screening, this is the lesbian screening, this is a transgender screening, which is what you have a lot of times with uh, LGBT film festivals. So each of our screening blocks has a mix. And so I think what it prevents is, you know, having one group of people be like, oh, I'm not really interested in that. I'm not going to that screening. So everyone can come and be educated about everyone's experiences mm -hmm. and everyone's right. issues. So um, starting Thursday night at 7 o'clock, Thursday, uh, January 26th, will be our first screening. And people who attend will see a feature film as well as, I believe, maybe four short films. And that runs for about two and a half, three hours. Um, Friday, 7 o'clock, 10.45, excuse me, two more screenings. Saturday, um, we have, Saturday at 2 o'clock, we have what we're calling the PRISM matinee. Um, this will be hosted by our PRISM youth community, which is uh, Bloomington Pride's youth group for, for uh youth ages 12 to 20. So anyone who is a student with an ID will get into that matinee for free, and that is where the real boy uh, documentary will screen, as well as an animated short called 100 Crushes, which is pretty cool, and a couple other short films. Um, and then Saturday night, 7 o'clock, 10.30, we do another two screenings. So six overall, right. a great range, and uh, we have some nice deals for students in particular. That's what I was thinking. Um, you do truly offer um, all ages. Yes. Um, you know, now, you um, any, I invite anyone to, to visit our website, bloomingtonpride.org slash film. And when you look at the film program, you will see trailers as well as content and trigger warnings um, for each film to make sure that that you know, you're seeing what you're able to see. Um, so I would say the Prism Matinee is the tamest, of course, of all, because that where we actively cater to the youth there. Um, but things range very much in very light, fun comedy to um, very dark subjects. We have a short film called Vessels, which is about a transgender woman who's seeking surgery and can't find it except on the black market. And mm -hmm. so there are, there are some graphic content associated with that so um, anyone who is who is coming and may be curious about what level of content they're seeing right. is invited to check you, that out and and you you encourage that obviously yes, yes. you know go go to the website which again is bloomingtonpride.org slash film okay and check those out see what what we have um, how uh, explain the uh, like if someone wants to go um, 
every night or as opposed to like they can just make it a couple nights what's the best way to navigate we have that? both festival passes and individual s- screening tickets so if you want to go every night or most for most of the screenings which i recommend of course um we have a festival pass which is sixty dollars for adults thirty dollars for students with id that includes high school students really any student with an id can get that for thirty dollars that uh enables you to get into every screening that's the six screenings plus you get two free tickets to a bloomington or excuse me a bleeding heartland roller derby bout two tickets for those um an entry into the after party on saturday night at the back door and of course a souvenir lanyard um if you get an individual ticket, that is $15 for per screening, which you get five to six films and for that $15. So it's still a pretty good deal. That's a great um, deal. So yeah. $15 for the general admission, $10 for students with an ID. Sure. And of sure. course, again, the uh, the free entry for the Prism Matinee for students on Saturday at 2. Right. And and who out of our, our lovely community is, is sponsoring this? Who's involved, Janae? There are a lot of people who are involved who make this possible. One is Blue Line Media Productions, who is one of our key sponsors. Um, the Buskirk Chumley, of course, for giving us a wonderful place to have this festival every year. Um, Kroger. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Um, Barefoot Winery, Oliver Winery, uh, Farm Bloomington. So we have we have a wide range of, of corporate sponsors, as well as what we really rely on, though, are our community donors, our individual donors who really care about what we're doing, the films we're showing, and not just not just what we're doing here at the film festival, but the things we're doing throughout the year who contribute and allow these things to be possible. Sure. Now, if if what's the best way for people to to get the passes to get tickets? What do you, what do you suggest? I recommend going to our website bloomingtonpride.org/film. Of course, where you can see the the film program, you can see the prices, and then moving on to a link we provide there to the Buskirk Chumley. Um, you can bypass that, of course, and go to the Buskirk Chumley box office website, or you can stop in in person and uh, either buy your pass or individual tickets. But in the end, your end destination is the Bus Chum box office site. Awesome. Janae, thank you so much for stopping by. I know you you don't have a lot of time tonight, and you took the time to be with us to tell us about this wonderful event, which we're really excited about. No, we very much appreciate (laughs) being here. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, and come back again and see us, okay? Thanks. You just listened to our interview from last week with Janae Cummings about the LGBT Pride Film Festival, which starts tonight. I'm Grace Thumser. And I am Colin Schaffsberger. Last week, we spoke a lot about the inauguration of Donald Trump as President of the United States. We were unable, however, to air the following music selection from last week, so we're going to go ahead and do that now. So, there have been numerous musicians who, when asked, declined to perform at Donald Trump's inauguration. After first defending her decision to sing at Donald Trump's inauguration, Grammy and Tony-winning Broadway star Jennifer Holliday has backed, backed out of the performance. The longtime advocate for LGBT rights and HIV funding said a lapse in judgment was behind her decision to perform at the deeply divisive and unpopular president-elect swearing-in last Friday. While the Hillary Clinton voter initially defended her performance as non-political, by Saturday she had had a change of heart. In a contrite letter, Holiday deeply apologized for her actions, repeatedly thanking LGBT fans who have supported her since she broke out in the early 1980s as the original Effie White in Broadway's Tony-winning Dreamgirls. Holiday wrote, To my beloved LGBT community, please allow me this opportunity to speak to you directly and to explain why I originally made my decision to perform at the inauguration 
which was what I thought was me simply keeping my tradition of being a bipartisan songbird, having sung for Presidents Reagan, Bush, Clinton, and Bush. I was honestly just thinking that I wanted my voice to be a healing and unifying force for hope through music to help our deeply polarized country. Regretfully, I did not take into consideration that my performing for the concert would actually instead be taken as a political act against my own personal beliefs and be mistaken for support of Donald Trump and Mike Pence. In light of the information pointed out to me via the Daily Beast article yesterday, my only choice must now be to stand with the LGBT community and to state unequivocally that I will not perform for the welcome concert or for any of the inauguration festivities. I sincerely apologize for my lapse of judgment, for being uneducated on the issues that affect every American at this crucial time in history, and for causing such dismay and heartbreak to my fans. Please know that I hear you, and I feel your pain. The LGBT community was mostly responsible for birthing my career, and I am deeply indebted to you. You have loved me faithfully and unconditionally, and for so many years you provided me with work, even though my star had long since faded. Thank you for communicating with me. I had no idea that I still meant so much to all of you. Thank you for your posted comments, both the good supportive ones as well as the ugly hurtful ones. With love and appreciation, Jennifer Holliday, the original dream girl. I guess even a dream girl can make a mistake. Here is Jennifer Holliday and and I am with and I am telling you.
just listened to Jennifer Holliday's hit song, And I Am Telling You, here on Blooming Out on WFHB. We're joined now in the studio by our newest Blooming Out volunteer, Noelle Phillips. Noelle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you on board as our new news director. Let's start the interview with just a little bio. Where are you from? How do you identify? Just tell us a little about yourself. Sure. Um, I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana, originally. I came here to Bloomington about 10 years ago to go to school, and I identify as bisexual, so I've been part of the community for some time, um, though I am in a monogamous relationship with my husband. So, yeah. Nice. All right. And what did you originally come to IU for? I came here for journalism school. Journalism. Yes. Mm. All right. Um, And uh, what made you interested in volunteering here at Blooming Out? I really think this election cycle really struck a chord with me, and I wanted to move kind of off of social media. I'm kind of guilty of being one of those keyboard warriors, kind of preaching from the other side of a screen. Uh, I just really wanted to help out and do what I could to kind of bring awareness to some of the issues, like within this, particularly this new administration. Of course. That's awesome. So uh, what interests you most about, you know, what you'll be doing for us? What, what interests you the most? Um, I guess selfishly, I'm kind of interested in sharpening my production skills sure. um, yes. because I am doing the new segment now. Um, and I'm also just looking forward to meeting more people that are, are in the community. Um, I just think it's a great way to network and meet people. For sure. Of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you had mentioned uh, before to us off the air that uh, you hadn't been on the radio in a while. Uh, <laughs> what, what other radio experience have you had? Um, when I was in college, I was on WIUX. I did oh. have like a little like morning mix uh, music show. And then I did volunteer with WFHB before when I was in college. So that's been about eight or so years ago. Uh, oh, cool. So it's been a while. <laughs> Great. That's awesome. Um, and so... As news director, your new official title, what are, what are some goals you have for the show and for yourself? I really want to hold the Trump administration accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot going on right now where they take these lies and just kind of try to spin them as fact, just by kind of talking about them like in a professional way. Yeah. And it's just like, you really need to have checks and balances, especially in the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so... You know, when you're going out and you're looking for for news, you know, what kind of news in particular are you looking for? Or, you know, what what to you is LGBTQ news? Um, I think legislation is really important. Um, our rights are being infringed upon right now, mm-hmm. and they're, it's only going to get worse. Um, I also like to look for some uplifting stories, sure. um, particularly in the community, like with nonprofits, that sort of thing. Um, events around Bloomington that bring awareness to our community. I think mm-hmm. that's really important, uh, kind of getting our history out there. I went to the uh, the Legacy Wall exhibit on Monday. Oh, and yeah? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, are there any other uh, things around Bloomington that you're involved with in the LGBT community or with journalism? I don't, anything going on also? Um, I do work full-time in marketing, so that takes up quite a bit of my time, actually. Um, I like to go to the farmer's market occasionally. Um, 
mainly more so like the summer farmer's market Mm -hmm. as opposed to like the winter farmer's market. Uh, Go to the back door occasionally for shows, that sort of thing. Um, Alaska is coming. Yeah. Oh, we're well aware. We're very excited about that. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's very exciting. (laughs) So you talked a little bit about how when you're picking news, you want to pick you know, the, the important things that are happening, but you also wanted to pick some positive things. Do you think that you could talk a little bit more about that? Um, well, I did volunteer for a while with Middleway House, and I just think it's, it's great to just highlight some of the wonderful things that are going on statewide and also in the community. Um, great. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, what kind of stuff did you do with Middleway House? Um, I was a crisis line volunteer for a couple of mm. years, uh, so I did some shelter intake, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. Um, and are you planning on going to the Pride Film Festival this year? I, I am. I'm actually pretty excited about it. Um, are you all going as well? I'm going to try to make it. I'm going to try to make Saturday. the, yeah, the yeah. Saturday matinee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something I'm going to try to get to go to. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Are you excited for like any of the after parties or anything like that going out? I, what I after parties? Is a spill. So that's new information for <laughs> me. Yeah, you'll have to check that out. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I'm excited to go. Um, yeah. Probably Friday night, uh, possibly all of Saturday. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to think of some movies that I'd actually like to see. I know there was one called A Wall that I wanted to see. I think that's Saturday night, so I'm excited for yeah, that. Yeah, I heard about that one. Did you uh, get to go to the Pride Film Festival last year? Not last year. No. But I did go in the years before. Mm, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always been a good time. Yeah, right? definitely. It's always a yeah. good time. Yeah, I haven't. I've yet to get to one. Yeah, no, I I haven't been able to attend. I didn't get to go last year, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, I think. Mm-hmm. So. I, the the LGBTQ community in Bloomington is just so strong, and it's it's great to get to be there with everyone. Yeah. And yeah, Bloomington Pride always puts on really good events. Mm-hmm. Are there any other aspects of the LGBTQ community that you're involved with in Bloomington? Uh, not currently. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is this is kind of my foray yeah. back into everything. Hey, yeah, gotta gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's important. So, yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you have a husband. Um, anything else about your life that you are comfortable sharing on the air? Um, hobbies? Anything? Um, we were into uh, biking for a while, kind nice. of on the beeline, that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> we used to go to Indianapolis and kind of bike around the, the, art, mu- the art museum up there. The, oh. They have, like, some nice trails and stuff. Cool. Uh, I don't know if either one of you have either been up there. Uh, no, I, I, yeah. I like the beeline. And the, and the rail to trail is nice, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a nice spot. So uh, let's go back to you talking about um, kind of some of the more serious news that's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think there's definitely been quite a bit of stuff happening in the past few days, and I'm sure that you've seen some of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think something that's really disconcerting to me right now is the uh, the, the U.S. State Department. Mm-hmm. Um, they just had four senior employees quit. Uh, Rex Tillerson is supposed to be the next uh, Secretary of State, and uh, 
uh, he, he kind of has a spotty track record when it comes to LGBTQ issues. So that'll, I'll definitely be watching that for future segments. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How has, um, how was your, because you lived in Indiana in the previous years as Mike Pence was governor. How has your uh, previous uh, <laughs> uh, experience of him as a leader um, been and influenced how you've been taking this election? I don't agree with a lot of yeah. what he he uh, <laughs> believes in, a lot of what he does, um, particularly the uh, RFRA. I really didn't like that uh, for personal moral reasons and also for economic reasons. I think it really hurt the state of Indiana, uh, kind of scared some businesses away, kind of made others that were still here kind of angry. Um, and I was actually quite surprised when Mike Pence was announced as Donald Trump's running mate. Uh, yeah. It just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. and. Personally, it just kind of felt like an attack because <laughs> I'm, oh, yeah. I'm also very involved in women's rights and mm -hmm. um, I'm very pro-choice as well. So, And did you get the opportunity to attend any of the marches, the women's uh, rights marches? Oh, uh, not this weekend, but I did follow along on social media. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. I really do wish I could have been there, though. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of friends who... Yeah. You know, we're able to go to those. I even had my roommate went to the one in Washington, D.C., oh, and she actually yeah. road tripped out there and did that wow. last Saturday. Yeah, so. I heard a lot of um, students and other people in the community were making the trip over the weekend. That's Yeah, and, and back to what you said about Mike Pence, you know, I think that a lot of people, you know, Indiana didn't, hasn't forgotten. Of course you know, not. And I feel no. like a lot of us here, you know, we, we haven't forgotten what he's done, even though the rest of the country may not know. You know, we, we lived through that last year, mm -hmm. you know, and that was tough when he wasn't listening to us and he was denying what he was doing. That was, that was hard, you know, and now seeing him, you know, with Donald Trump there, you know, that, that's, that's something on top of everything that Donald Trump, at least for me, does. As you know, there's somebody sitting below him who has already tried to come after me and my community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Do you have any other fears as well? Um, I'm really concerned about um, infringements upon reproductive freedom. Um, I do think choice is something that every woman should be able to have in terms of her mm -hmm. own body. I'm a huge supporter of bodily autonomy. Um, and just like looking around at my friends, like in the LGBTQ community and my other feminist friends as well. It's just kind of like, what's going to happen to us? Like, yeah. We're kind of scared. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So you said earlier that you were a journalism major at IU, yeah. correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm also a journalism major. <laughs> and, and it's an interesting time, I think, to be learning about journalism mm -hmm. and, and media, you know, with the way that the media is being threatened. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I, I've actually been heartened to see some of the government agencies that have kind of had a gag order put on them, like fight back, like create their own like social media accounts to keep yeah. talking to oh, the public. Absolutely. And I really do think that's kind of the future of journalism going forward, especially as um, this administration tries to put more and more restrictions on the freedom of the press. Like we just kind of have to go back to that whole grassroots, like fight back that way, you know? Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you have any journalistic um, goals and plans during this, um, during the next four years? Like, I'm where you're going? I'm definitely going to be watching. Uh, this is part of kind of fighting back, like my way mm -hmm. of fighting back. Oh, um, yeah. I would also like start a blog as well, I think, in the future. 
Um, Because I think writing is a strong suit of mine, Mm -hmm. and it would be nice to get back to that. And at the same time, it's for a good cause, you know, holding people accountable. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that it's a a great way to fight back the way that you found, you know, and and just, you know, finding the things that concern you and being able to voice that to your community. I think it's a great way to fight back. So good for you. Yeah, thanks. All right, yeah. So uh, any words of encouragement for new journalists like Colin yeah, <laughs> in this any time advice that this you have really, would be really great right <laughs> especially in such a strange journalistic time yeah you know just kind of stick with it you know take the criticism um, really try to build off of that um, that was something that I had a hard time with at first in journalism school were kind of like the edits and the critiques especially in front of like a small seminar full of people but you know like you develop a tough skin and it really does prepare you for what's to come and so it's just they're great lessons to learn yeah I mean there I've definitely learned a lot from just the few journalism classes that I've taken so far and the ways that it's changed just the way that I talk to people even the way that I take notes you know, I mean, I'm surprised the impact that it's had. So it's a cool field. Well, Noelle, that's all the time we have with you this evening. We're so excited to have you on board. And uh, we're going to be listening to your news segment in just a while. But first, we're going to take our next music break. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so from collectorsweekly.com, we've got this intro. Subversive Sounds, the straight men who made America's first gay record. When Love is a Drag hit record store shelves in 1962, it was decidedly not a sensation. Only a few shops carried the album, which featured jazz standards performed by an anonymous singer and band, and its label flopped shortly after the release. But beneath this mundane veneer, the record's content was remarkably provocative, becoming the first major release to feature a male singer crooning love songs about other men. Just below the album's title read the teaser, For Adult Listeners Only, Sultry Stylings by a Most Unusual Vocalist. For those LGBTQ folks in the know, this record offered a glimpse of the acceptance they'd long been denied, subtly placing gay romance into the standard music ca- musical canon. And yet, at a time when even urban LGBTQ com- communities were mostly invisible, Love is a Drag lacked the publicity needed to really make waves. For 50 years after its initial release, the album languished, failing to make any headway beyond the close-knit queer scenes in major cities like Los Angeles and New York. Because there was no mainstream gay audience, the producers had no idea how to reach gay listeners. Some copies went to the biggest record stores in L.A., which happened to be across the street from a restaurant that almost exclusively employed gay waiters, Doyle says. The store's owner contacted Murray and said, hey, this thing is selling like hotcakes. These waiters are buying half a dozen copies at a time and telling all their friends. So the producers realized they should market it in gay neighborhoods and sent some copies to San Francisco and New York. But that was about the limit of what they could think of then. The album's limited pressing was finished in 1962, making it the first complete album of gay subject matter in American music history. Despite its groundbreaking substance, the record received zero media coverage, partly because the producers agreed to keep all the musicians anonymous. Just the song titles appeared on the cover. The mystery was supposed to sell the album in the first place, Doyle explains. Famous people like Frank Sinatra were trying to guess who the vocalist was, wondering, do I know this person? Its producer had thought that after it was sold for a while, they'd have a big promotion and release the names of the artists, he said. But it never happened because Love is a Drag didn't sell well, so it just stayed a secret until recently. 
From 1962 and the album Love as a Drag, here's vocalist Gene Howard with The Boy Next Door. The moment I saw him smile I knew he was just my style My only regret Is we've never met For I dream of him all the while But he doesn't know I exist No matter how I may persist So it's clear to see There's no hope for me Though I live at 5135 Kensington Avenue And he lives at For WFHB and Blooming Out comes from the back door of downtown Bloomington's queerest bar, dance club, and venue. From live bands and DJs to drag shows and karaoke, there is something for everyone every day of the week. The back door is located in the alley behind the Atlas Bar at 207 South College. And more information can be found on Facebook or online at bckdoor.com. Blooming Out is also supported by the Quarryland Men's Chorus, Bloomington's premier chorus for gay, bi, and trans men and their allies. More information can be found on quarryland.org. And you just got you just listened to the boy next door, and now it's time for your LGBTQ news roundup. In the national news, Donald Trump was inaugurated last Friday as the 45th president of the United States. During his inaugural address, 
Trump pushed a message of unity, often within the context of nationalism. We all enjoy the same glorious freedoms, and we all salute the same great American flag. So to all Americans, in every city, near and far, small and large, from mountain to mountain, from ocean to ocean, hear these words. You will never be ignored again. On the same day of President Trump's inauguration, the new administration removed every mention of LGBTQ people from the White House website, including the Department of Labor's crucial report on advancing the rights of LGBTQ workers. During an August 2015 interview on Meet the Press, Trump said he endorsed non-discrimination protections for workers. Should private companies be able to fire people because they're gay? Well, it's a big, uh, it's a big discussion, and I guess it's getting a lot of negative rulings mm -hmm. uh, right now, that whole thing, and I'm willing to go with what the courts are saying. And that is, you don't think a comp private company should be able to do that? I, I don't think it should be a reason, no. I don't think it should be a reason. In 2007, as a member of the U.S. House, current Vice President Mike Pence voted against the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, explaining that it violated freedom of religion in the workplace. Some examples, under ENDA, employees around the country who possess religious beliefs that, that uh, are opposed to homosexual behavior would be forced, in effect, to lay down their rights and convictions at the door. For example, if an employee keeps a Bible in his or her cubicle, and if an employee displays a Bible verse on their desk, that employee could be claimed by a homosexual colleague to be creating a hostile work environment because the homosexual employee objects to passages in the Bible relating to homosexuality. On Monday, White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer would not confirm whether President Trump would keep the previous administration's executive order that bans anti-LGBTQ workplace discrimination. Yes, sir. Sir, uh, last week, um, another Richie writes, the Law Cabinet Republicans, the Dear Republican Group, delivered a white paper to the Trump team urging the president to maintain an executive order from President Obama barring anti-LGBT anti workplace discrimination among federal contractors. The president has said he's going to rescind the executive orders from President Obama that are unconstitutional, but will he maintain this executive order barring anti-LGBT? Yeah, I, I don't know on that one. As I, I'll have to get back to you on that one. I don't know that we've gotten that far in the list of executive orders, but I'd be glad to get back to you. Again, I just don't know the answer. I'll try to get back to you on that one. Also on Monday, Secretary of State John Kerry's apology for the Lavender Scare disappeared from the White House website. The Lavender Scare refers to the Cold War era persecution of gays and lesbians in the federal government, which was motivated by unsubstantiated charges that they posed a threat to national security. Kerry wrote, quote, These actions were wrong then, just as they would be wrong today. On behalf of the department, I apologize to those who were impacted by the practices of the past and reaffirm the department's steadfast commitment to diversity and inclusion for all our employees, including members of the LGBTI community, end quote. Earlier this month, Secretary of State nominee Rex Tillerson would not confirm if he believes LGBTQ rights are human rights. He was directly asked the question during his confirmation hearing on January 11th. American values don't accommodate violence or discrimination against anyone. Uh, that's just, that's part of that American values that we project. 
Tillerson won the support of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee Monday to be Secretary of State. A final confirmation vote by the full Senate is expected next week. In other national news, hundreds of thousands of people gathered Saturday for the Women's March on Washington. The demonstration developed a broad platform of human rights positions, many keynote speakers, and a series of solidarity marches organized in all 50 states, as well as countries on all seven continents. The official mission statement on the march's national website said, quote, The Women's March on Washington will send a bold message to our new government on their first day in office, and to the world, that women's rights are human rights. We stand together, recognizing that defending the most marginalized among us is defending all of us, end quote. The National Center for Transgender Equality, the Human Rights Campaign, and GLAAD were among over 500 organizations listed as partners of the march. At the march, transgender activist and author Janet Mock focused on intersectionality. Our approach to freedom need not be identical, but it must be intersectional and inclusive. Collective liberation and solidarity is difficult work. It is work that will find us struggling together and struggling with one another. Just because we are oppressed, just because we are oppressed, does not mean that we do not ourselves fall victim to enacting the same unconscious policing, shaming, and erasing. We must return to one another with greater accountability and commitment to the work today. In local news, the Indiana Youth Group announced the purchase of an office building on North Meridian Street after raising $1.8 million. Founded in 1987, Indiana Youth Group gives LGBTQ youth a place for wellness programming and support. Co-founder Bill Osterley said, quote, In a world where our LGBTQ neighbors do not have non-discrimination laws to protect them, it is more vital than ever that our youth have a safe place to thrive, end quote. At a projected annual growth rate of 25%, Indiana Youth Group expects to serve an average of 245 youth per week by the end of 2018 which is nearly double its 2015 attendance. For information about volunteering or donating, visit www.indianayouthgroup.org. In other local news, Senator Tim Lannon introduced a bill last week that would update Indiana's civil rights laws to protect LGBTQ Hoosiers from discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Senator Lannon previously led the Democratic opposition to Indiana's Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which was signed into law by former Governor Mike Pence. During a March 2015 interview with MSNBC's Alex Wagner, Senator Lannon voiced the need to protect Indiana residents. Yes, yes, in fact, we have said that not only should we repeal uh, this, this bill, but we would, that's the second part of our uh, proposal is to protect, and by protecting we mean to amend our Indiana Civil Rights Act to cover sexual orientation. And in fact, when you look at other states that have bills which are somewhat similar but not nearly as uh, broad as the Indiana bill, they only work if you in fact do have protection for sexual orientation in your Civil Rights Act. So we are definitely pushing that. A poll released by Ball State University last fall showed that 58.5% of respondents would support amending Indiana Civil Rights Act to prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. For Blooming Out on WFHB, I'm Noelle Phillips. And that was a great first news roundup from our news director, Noelle. 
It's now time for our final music break of the evening, and this is from the Huffington Post Queer Voices. Singer Dylan Murray wants his new video, No Wrong Way, to offer some comfort to members of the LGBTQ community who are concerned about their future under President Donald Trump. Directed by Guy Shalem, No Wrong Way explores both a mixed-race, young gay couple's relationship, as well as a budding romance between a transgender girl and a cisgender boy. Both couples appear to navigate some rough waters early on, but fortunately, love wins by the conclusion of the video, which can be viewed on the Blooming Out Facebook page. In 2015, Murray, 18, teamed up with Megan Trainer and producer Jason Pooh Bear Boyd with the idea of creating a musical Christmas gift to his gay dads. During the collaboration, he decided that the inclusive message of No Wrong Way, which features vocals by Kira Kosarin, should resound beyond his own experiences. I've never really thought about having a social rights song. I never saw myself ever doing anything like that, Murray told the Huffington Post. Still, he added, I've was always bullied because having two dads was not the normal of everyone else. It made me different. Working with Trainer, who has been an outspoken advocate for the LGBTQ community in her own right, inspired Murray to, change his own, to channel his own feelings about queer issues into his music. It was great to have her in the studio and collaborate because equality is something that she really supports as well, he said. Citing Justin Timberlake, Maroon 5, and Justin Bieber as influences, the Los Angeles-based singer now wants to start speaking out and helping other people talk about themselves in general and be open with others. To start, he's decided to donate proceeds from the sales of No Wrong Way to GLAAD and The Trevor Project, an LGBTQ youth advocacy organization. It's a scary time right now, and people are really worried about what's going to happen next. There should be some sort of comfort, he said. People should still be able to be open and not afraid to show who they really are. As painful as the next four years may be for the LGBTQ community, America's young, up-and-coming artists certainly know what's good. Here's Dylan Murray featuring Kira Kosarin with No Wrong Way. Someone just like it No more living 
You just listened to Dylan Murray featuring Kira Cosserin with No Wrong Way. To finish out tonight's show, it's time for our weekly LGBTQ plus area event calendar. On Monday, January 23rd, the Legacy Wall opened in the East Lounge of the Indiana Memorial Union. The Legacy Wall is a one-of-a-kind traveling interactive exhibit created to raise awareness of the roles LGBTQ plus people have played in shared human history. It features photos and mini-biographies of 125 international and multicultural figures across 20 subject fields spanning several centuries. The Legacy Wall will remain in the East Lounge until Friday, February 3rd. Bloomington comes together once more for its annual Pride Film Festival. The 2017 Bloomington Pride Film Festival begins today, January the 26th, and has screenings throughout the 28th at the Buskirk Chumley Theater. The Pride Film Festival celebrates LGBTQ plus lives and experiences through short and feature comedy, drama, animated, and documentary films. Topics will range from fledgling same-sex relationships and gender identity to intersectionality and activism. Learn more at bloomingtonpride.org slash film. The LGBTQ plus culture center will continue its brown bag series, queer speaker series with a new new edition titled, Do I Sound Gay? in the Indiana Memorial Union's Walnut Room from 11 a.m. till noon tomorrow. Join the center in welcoming Hispanic linguistics PhD student Travis Evans-Sago as he speaks about queer Hispanic linguistics. His research, titled Listening to the Listener, Evaluator Effects on the Perception of Sexual Orientation, examined examined perceptual identifications of sexual orientation on Spanish speakers from Andalusia, Spain. Don't forget to bring your lunch. Snacks will be provided. In conjunction with the Pride Film Festival, the IUGLBT Alumni Association will hold their ninth celebration weekend. The first event is the GLBTAA Awards Ceremony Reception tomorrow evening at the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center's Grand Hall. The event begins at 4 p.m. and free food will be provided. The main event is the silent auction on Saturday, Saturday, January the 28th at Grazia Italiano starting at 4.30. They are accepting donations for the silent auction. Any artwork, jewelry, clothing, collectibles, crafts, tickets to cultural or sporting events, gift certificates, dinners, tours, and especially IU-related items such as framed campus scenes, memorabilia, sweatshirts, basketball tickets, etc. would be very much appreciated. If so, please contact Clarence Boone at boonec, that's B-O-O-N-E-C, at indiana.edu, or Mike Shoemate at mikedshoemate, that's S-H-U-M-A-T-E, at gmail.com. You can make reservations through the IU Alumni Association website. On Tuesday, February 7th, join the PRISM Youth Community at the Unitarian Universalist Church from 6.30 to 8 p.m. for LGBTQ plus representation in the media. Join us as youth from PRISM lead an interactive discussion about LGBTQ plus representation in movies, TV shows, books, etc. This event is open to the public and you can find more information on Facebook. And that is all the time we have for this evening. We would like to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you are interested in volunteering here at WFHB or for our show, contact volunteer at wfhb.org. You can also call us at 812-323-1200, tweet us at bloomingoutwfhb, visit our Blooming Out Facebook page, or find us on Instagram. The executive producer of Blooming Out is Joe Crawford. The producer is Ryan Shaddy. The associate producer and board engineer is Sarah Hetrick. The news director is Noel Phillips. 
Finally, our theme music is an original composition produced for Blooming Out by Aaron Gage. For Blooming Out, Grace Thumser and Sarah Hendrick, I'm Colin Schasperger. Please tune in again next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. and visit us online at bloomingout.com. Thank you for joining us on Blooming Out. Be sure to find us online for past episodes, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and more at bloomingout.com. And don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. for Blooming Out on WFHB.